Greetings, listener. You are currently listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy and Andrew. Happy July, everyone. Welcome to not only the latest episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs, but our official third anniversary episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs. Three we've years, been on, really. we've been doing this for three years three now. Damn years! I don't know how that's. I don't know how I'm still alive uh, after what you put me through after this Tob, Torben Tobin Bell Saw movie that you've taken me through for the last three years. This Canadian non-Canadian version of the Cube that you've subjected me to. <laughs> I can't believe we've done this for three years, too. It's just like I was looking back at all the episodes, and I'm like, good God, it's been that long already. And these, are the, these are the movies we've watched. Yes. These are the 36, 40 <laughs> movies that we've watched with our time for no money. We've yep. done this. And we're getting back on track, <laughs> I guess you could say. But we have someone very special with us to do this. Um, and um, as <laughs> Farmer was saying earlier, when – we decided upon doing this movie. We couldn't think of anyone else besides this guy to join us on this journey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Hunter Dusing. Hey, I, do, I have the dubious honor of being the guy who's thought of. For, for you also, film. Hunter, you also have the, the dubious honor of being our only in three years, our second guest. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Our second guest host on this show is you, so no pressure, dude. You're good. Okay. Now I wanna I wanna say this off the top because Hunter's here, and I wanted to save this for the show. But um, Hunter, as far as film goes, and and I'm sure this is true of a lot of people that Hunter knows and has touched in his life. But um, Hunter, I have these people. I have film shaman in my life from from a very early age that that like i went to the mountaintop and they found me there and i stayed outside for you know like kill bill for three years until they decided to take me in and then show me <laughs> movies um you know I, I the the two that stand out the most is hunter and roy so i'm so blessed frankly to have you both on this show together covering this movie it's <laughs> It's a, and I don't, I'm not saying that in jest, like, you know, Hunter's one of those guys that when I first met him, he was like, oh yeah, you like that? You should watch these 10 movies and then come <laughs> talk to me about them. And I did. And he was like, great. Okay. Here's 20 more. And I'm like, okay. Are you familiar with the movie Thief? Watch it 75 times. Okay. Yes, then, at least. And then, you know, I, before I am, I am not kidding about this sentence before I met Hunter, I didn't know what the criterion collection was. Oh my goodness. That is the truth. <laughs> And then Hunter took me on a journey. So my dad, a guy named Brian in college, Hunter, and then Roy have taken me on the journey to get me to where I am now, where I can say uh, Kiss and Phantom of the Park is the best movie ever made. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw a VHS copy at a used bookstore the other day. I oh, really, dang. really want to get it. You should. You should go back to there. It's yes. The reason why I'm not getting rid of my uh, Kiss Anthology Volume 2 DVD. Same. It's on music there. Too. Like, I should say that for 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 Hunter and and Roy for music as well because I was kind of into synth and then I went to Hunter's one day and he was like, "You ever heard of Perturbator? <laughs> you like it or not?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. This is I like this. This is what I like." And uh, you know who's about to go down that road? Have you are you a fan of Ghost? 
the band yes. Ghost. Yes. yes. Their their next record's coming out next month, and it's like goth synth wave. Oh my god. So. We can talk looked, about that at a different on a different yeah. show. Everything we should call it everything is synth wave now, and then yeah. we can talk about that. <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about now? What is this, Roy? What is well, this thing I'm doing to you? Tell me. Well, we will we will discuss that in a minute, but at, at first. There are people listening to the show who probably don't even know who the hell Hunter is. So I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who are unfamiliar with uh, with you, Mr. Deucing, tell me, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I do a podcast called Midnight Movie Cowboys. I've done it for gosh, eleven years. Um, longer and, than us. Yeah. And I am a film teacher, so that's my profession. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Let's make it real clear. The movie that we're about to announce, our guest tonight is a critical film, not only podcaster, but a teacher of the art. I mean, <laughs> this is what he joined us for, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that goes, that goes for, I mean, like I studied film appreciation in college heavily, yet I gravitate to movies like this instead <laughs> of like my dinner with Andre or something like that. Instead, I'm gravitating towards Kiss and the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> let's be let's be real. If my dinner with Andre starred uh, Jason Statham and Ray Liotta, you'd be all over that. <laughs> yes. Now I'm thinking about it. Oh, it's perfect. Okay. Or Matthew Recasting. Lillard, for that matter. Easy yes. killer. Easy. You're treading. You're treading. Don't don't talk about my sweet baby boy, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> 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 so the film that we're discussing, the two of you are an advantage because I've never seen this film. Mm. And so that's the reason why Andrew was just like, oh, we need to do this. And <laughs> yes. so we we will be discussed, watching and discussing Yui Bowles in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. I've only seen one Yui Bowl movie in my entire <laughs> life. Oh, which one? Blood Rain, and that's oh. it. I've not seen any of the other films. It's a goodie. If you're going to see yeah. one, it's yeah. a good one to see. Not a bad one to pick out. I mean, they're, you know. <laughs> right? Say it. Because I, I was going <laughs> to. What? A, which 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 movie? House of the Dead? or? <laughs> I was just going to say that dartboard's really large. Oh, like, yeah. And there's not a bad one in the bunch. It's just there's hit after hit. Just Postal. Really... Postal. Postal was... Well, well we, okay, we, we can do Yui Bowl appreciation, but <laughs> Yui Bowl is an insane man, and that's yeah. why I love him. He is out of his mind. Um, oh, wow. Hunter, who did he who did he threaten to fight? Well, uh, he wasn't he threatened a lot of people. <laughs> right. I was gonna say, did he threaten the life of everybody who kickstarted Hogzilla? I mean, yeah. you know, or, no, not so, Hogzilla, Blubberella, whatever that film was that he made. Oh, probably. I, I was I, I wasn't as obsessed with him during that phase of his career. I became obsessed with him in college because he was so uh, he was just such a wild man. And he would have this he had this weird relationship with something awful dot com where they would write these awful things about him. And then he had a boxing match where he was like, I'm going to fight my critics and he beat the snot out of Lotax Kiyanka from <laughs> something <laughs> awful. There's video of it online. And and he sent a guy from Ain't It Cool News to the hospital the same day. Wow. Um, 
But yeah, he fought like five of his critics and something he failed to mention when he issued this challenge because K- Lotax said he thought it was a joke. And uh, he didn't. And then when he got in the ring and Uva Ball turns out to be jacked and just comes and starts wailing on him, he said, <laughs> he said real quick, he found out this was not a joke. And, and, yeah, he just issued this challenge, like, I'm going to beat up my critics. But then he started trying to go big with it. Like, um, he was challenging, like, Quentin Tarantino yeah. and Michael Bay and George Clooney and all these people to boxing matches. Wow. Um, but, yeah, he would just – he would go on these these tirades. But he would also show up on any fly-by-night podcast that invited him. And so there were these podcasts I'd listen to, and he'd come on, and he was very charming, very likable. Um, and all these people hated him, but then they'd come away going, oh, Uva Ball, he's, nice, he's a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he's he, – he, everything he makes is essentially like a vanity piece. Yeah. And everything – he's like Werner Herzog without the gravitas. Right. Without, yeah, like without the skill. Or without the good movies. <laughs> right. Right. I say, without the talent and the, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. But this is the one that he got his, so he, he is the king of the, the, the video game movies. Um, yeah. Sort of Resident Evil, he is the king of the video game movies. He made a Postal movie. He made uh, the House of the Dead movies. He made this movie, which, which we're going to talk about. He's made the Blood Rain movies. And this is the first one where he got a budget. Like an yeah. actual big old yeah. budget. Yeah, I, he got yeah, a I watched the trailer and I was like, wow, this has a bigger budget than, than Blood Rain does. Oh, by far. Yeah, oh and he got some really big effects houses to work on it, too. That he then promptly fired uh, <laughs> and then farmed that out to the lowest common denominator. Oh, yeah. We'll see in Act 3 of this film. <laughs> Is there an Act 3? <laughs> I would. I, I don't remember. I the last time I saw this was God, around when it came out. I think. It's it's. I saw it in the theater. It's yeah. so, It's it is. It is a masterful piece of art. It really yeah. is. Um. So uh, we haven't even said what we're doing yet. What are we doing? No, we haven't even. <laughs> uh, we're doing in the name of the king, a dozen siege tale yes, featuring the all star cast. It really is. Of it really is. I can't believe this cast that he got. So we got J- we got Jason Statham uh, as Farmer, not not related to Andrew. <laughs> yeah, so much. Um, main characters. We farmer. also have uh, Lily Sobieski. Was this before or after she got um, like uh, Ryu kicked into the wall in uh, Wicker Man? Is this before or after? It's that? Just be- yeah, this was after. This is the year after. Two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we also have John Rhys Davies. We have Ron Perlman. We have uh, Christana Loken, uh, Matthew Lillard, Ray Liotta, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. That's that's the legitimizing thing. It's got Burt Reynolds. I mean, you, how can it not be? It's got like that's the thing. Is this movie? And this was before. Keep in mind, this is before Ray Liotta made his direct-to-video turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It had a legitimized cast in it. Um, Jason Statham was at the height of his power in 2007. Like, yeah. I know, it, but you got it. He was so popular. Mm-hmm. Then you had Burt Reynolds. I mean, Christina Loken is the Bruce Campbell to uh, U of Bulls' uh, Sam Raimi. She'll yeah. just show up. She just on set. 
like mm-hmm. she's just there. But you know, you had Lily Sobieski, had Ron Perlman. Was this after Hellboy? Uh, let me see here. It was, I think it was, uh, yeah, Hellboy was 2004. So, yeah, yeah so this is after. I know it was definitely after the transporter and the Italian job yeah. and collateral. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I mean, at this point, Jason Strath, especially after Crank, you know, he was through the stratosphere at this point. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. was insane. Yeah, you know, and, and that was a trend with Bull for a while was he would get these casts and people would go, how is he getting these actors? Because Blood Rain, you had Ben Kingsley. That's true. That I forgot you know, about that. You know, Ben, like, okay, Michael Pere, sure, whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> Billy Zane, you know, he'll do anything. Uh, but Ben Kingsley. And I remember there were pieces written, how is Uwe Boll getting these casts? Because he seems, <laughs> he, he makes these terrible films, but... He's able to pull these casts. And eventually, I think after this movie, that dried up. I don't think you saw big casts after this film. Um, the word was out. You don't want to work with this guy. It's bad yeah, I mean, career. even if, if Tara Reid says no, then you know that you've hit rock bottom at that point. Right. This is the this is the movie that made Uva Bowl uh, persona non grata. Yes. Yeah, this is the one where people were like, nope, I'm done. We're done trying with this guy. I don't know why we tried as long as we did. He was very shrewd with how he would put his films together because he took advantage of German tax laws where his movies would make money if they bombed. (laughs) (laughs) He took advantage of some German tax shelter thing. I think think they ended it because of him. (laughs) (laughs) I I could be wrong. (laughs) So... Uh, Hunter, the way we usually do this is we don't spoil any plot points. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put that in yeah. big air quotes for this. We movie. don't want to ruin this film for the <laughs> audience. <laughs> but we really want to get Roy excited for watching this film. Oh, I'm so, excited just by this cast alone, this, this batshit crazy cast alone. Because, yeah, I mean, I've seen the cast that he's had for some of his other films. And then I look at this thing and I'm like, Good God! It's it's like it's it's like movie forty three. You're like, what made people say yes to this? And uh, one thing about this movie, a lot of people don't know, is the action choreography was done by Ching Su Tung. Yeah. Uh, yes. Who is who? By the way, if you want to know why John Woo's movies are not as good in America, it's because they're not being choreographed by Ching Su Tung. Uh, Ching Su Tung is one of the all-star martial arts uh, choreographers of mm-hmm. Hong Kong. If you watched a lot of 80s Hong Kong movies, chances are you've seen a lot of his work. Um, and he's great at it. And I remember hearing an interview with Uwe Boll. He's like, oh, yes, we've got Tony Ching doing the action. And I went, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you, you got one of the best guys in the business working on this movie. <laughs> I think my favorite... My favorite in in researching the movie, you know, and and going into it and looking around for stuff on it. My favorite thing I found was there's a story, and again, it's it's Uva Ball, so you can't tell what's true and yeah. what's just making up. Yeah, which is there, he creates a mythology around himself, which is insane. Yes, but, but and that's one of the my favorite things about him is that that you can't tell. But one of the things that he tells people, at least, is that he went to Kevin Costner to play the farmer and says, Statham. Costner had to say no because he was shooting uh, Mr. Brooks. But instead, <laughs> wow. but, inst- 
but but should have done this movie instead right <laughs> if you were ever if you, he... if you ever did sophie's choice of two movies to make um but he said instead uva said instead of uh taking the role in in the name of the king coster said but why don't you come direct mr brooks oh yeah right okay. and, and, sure. and he turned it down because you know he's passionate about oh yes dungeon siege. sure yes he really wants to make sure the dungeon siege fan base gets the film it deserves <laughs> how do you not how can you fail this badly at giving the dungeon siege fan base the film they deserve which i don't even think those are is that franchise still active i think it's uh it died at part three yeah because <laughs> now because he's made a few dungeon siege movies since but the dungeon siege branding i think is completely gone because this this series is kind of done it, i think the last one was 2011 or something so the other awesome thing, since you brought up Ching, um, the the fight choreographer, uh, the amazing fight choreographer, is yeah. the entire movie is choreographed by him, except for the um, centerpiece fight scene where Ron Perlman and Statham fight the what, what are essentially the uh, Lord of the Rings ogres in the bar. <laughs> That's choreographed by Bull. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, but of course it is. I, I heard. I heard that Blood Rain had no choreographer. I could be wrong, but I heard that there was not a choreographer and Michael Madsen and these guys were waving these swords around. It was incredibly dangerous. <laughs> and I think there was a lot of drinking on that set, too. Oh, you, you, you don't say. But it, to uh, to explain the plot in in broad strokes to Roy, hey Roy, have you uh, ever watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Oh, yeah, duh. I, it's what, okay. It's one, it's you, one of my favorite film series. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Then then you don't need any more explanation. You've you've got it there. Yeah. What I know about this movie is is that it, the cast is insane. Uh, yeah, it is Huey Bull's most expensive movie. He got a budget of sixty million dollars yep. to make this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The film currently has a Rotten Tomato score of two percent. I'm sorry, four percent. I'm sorry. Um, too low. Too low. In the movie's defense, that is not the, the the film with the lowest score that we've reviewed on this show. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, this film also has two different cuts. We're watching the theatrical cut. But apparently there is a director's cut no. with 36 more minutes uh, of uh, 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 There's another. Bowl says there's another cut that's three and a half hours long. Oh, my gosh. There is a there is a Snyder cut of this movie somewhere, and I want it. <laughs> Release the bull cut. At the end. It's going to be awesome. Release the bull cut. <laughs> uh. That's that's a, that's just, catchy. Just the name, the bowl cut. Yeah, yeah. release the bowl cut. How could you not, Hunter? I expect I expect some help on this. <laughs> We're gonna get this pushed out there. He'll do it if one person on like uh, Babylon B says they want it. He's gonna make it. So yeah, let's get it true. done. <laughs> Probably have to get it started on Twitter here. Let's start a Twitter hashtag. Twitter hashtag. The bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to uh, release this as a two-parter. Mm. He wanted like a, Lord of the Rings. He wanted the Lord of the Rings. Shocking, right? Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings. Um, but of course, no, they couldn't be done. Um, 
also hunter for your benefit uh ching's um stunt team his actual stunt team was was um the king's personal guard mm. so some of the choreography is pretty good i yeah. wish the cinematography was better yeah but you know, it, but the fight scenes are not bad no no i remember when i watched it i said this is the closest thing i've seen to an actual good movie from him <laughs> and then the who directed the exorcist was it, free, it wasn't freaking was it It was freedkin yeah yeah and, and Bull's freaking move was um, there's a scene where he gives um, he he he's trying to elicit a response from Statham as an actor uh, when when uh, when he's given a, a bad tasting something to cure whatever he had and he took tea and mixed it with ketchup and didn't tell him and then he drank it and then he had a bad reaction that's <laughs> that's his shooting a gun off next to uh, <laughs> next to an actor's head that's his yeah version of- that's him that's him punching a Jesuit priest in the face to make him cry <laughs> better. <laughs> You you cry better, Jesuit priest. <laughs> it's the the again. I say this uh, with this movie was released in theaters, wide release. Yeah, it was a it was. huge wide release. Yes. It, it, somebody told him it was okay to do that. I don't know who that was, but they don't have a job anymore. They're not allowed to work. <laughs> um, it's, it makes me uh, another piece of trivia that IMDb told me was that they were shooting a catch and release at the, on, on a on an adjoining set to this film. And uh, Juliette Lewis and Kevin Smith would go steal donuts from the sets. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why that is exactly what I would figure would happen on this movie. But like like I imagine Ray Liotta looking over me like, hey, and there goes Kevin Smith with a box of donuts offset. Hey, Kevin, come back with the donuts, Kevin. Those were the last ones, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, Roy, do you have any questions we can answer before we uh, watch this film? Nope, I want to dive on in. I'm I'm ready for this one. Jason Statham's sweet, sweet bosom. (laughs) Watch a a fight with 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 a pitchfork made out of twigs about half the movie (laughs) Alrighty, so here you hunter is where we break and then we go off and watch the movie and then we reconvene to discuss um our reactions to the film i guess mainly you probably the two of you are probably just going to be hearing me going what the whole time so (laughs) (laughs) but all right gang we will be right back with our reactions to in the name of the king a dungeon siege Hell. The only film that Burt Reynolds passed out shooting. <laughs> Krug. Savage armed Krug. They killed off our entire scouting party. Sacrilege. I believe it was Galleon. He has fallen into madness. Your king needs you. In my world, the king's arm is expected to protect the kingdom, not just the castle. The king has been poisoned. Galleon is raising armies. Vast armies. Those who you fight, we will help you fight them. A small force might slip through and solve the problem at its source. Kevin! 
king called upon you to face death. Tonight we dress our wounds. Bury our dead. Tomorrow we gouge evil from its shell. All right, we made it. Um, Did we, now, Roy? I, I need to tell the listeners here that um, in part one, I mentioned that we were going to watch the theatrical cut. Well, out of all of the Yui Bowl movies that Amazon Prime decided it didn't want to carry anymore, it decided that it would be in the name of the king. So it disappeared off of Amazon Prime, and we couldn't find the theatrical cut anywhere. But someone on YouTube decided to upload the epic Schneider cut, basically, (laughs) of the film. Release the bull cut. They did. Somebody on YouTube did. Statham couldn't scrub the internet completely clean of In the Name of the King. And I I know he tried. He goes up to his agent. Boy. I want you to get rid of In the Name of the Kings. That's good. Did you say Schneider cut like the guy from one one, one day at a time? Yes. No. No. <laughs> Hi, producer Chris. Schneider. How are you? <laughs> what? Yeah. The release the too? Schneider cut. Yeah. Release the Schneider cut with all the plumbing. <laughs> it's just a, it's just his denim vest. I would wear it. I don't remember. Just starring Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie Bertinelli, yeah. the only good one. <laughs> and McKenzie that was. Was I want to go back. Like, we are. We are underserving Hunter. Hunter is with us, by the way. He came back to join us again to talk about this nightmare <laughs> that we all lived through. But he just did what might be the most spot on Statham impression I've ever heard in my life. And I want to get back. <laughs> he just went up to his agent and he just yep. said, Oi, get rid of Ove Ball's film. <laughs> Check me, Mike. One of my one of my favorite things ever in a Statham movie is in Crank when he sits down with Elizabeth Smart and he goes, remember how I told you I was a computer programmer or or like a video game programmer. (laughs) Yeah, when I like the idea of Jason Statham using being a programmer as his cover story is just so funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just as believable as uh uh, what's her face as Christmas Jones saying that she's a <laughs> nu- nuclear physicist. Is it Denise Richards? Was yes. that- <laughs> Listen, Statham got me back to the theaters. All right. <laughs> the first movie back from the pandemic was that uh, Guy Ritchie, Jason Statham heist movie. That I-, <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, I will go to that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> is it Wrath of Man? Is that it? Yes. Wrath of Man, yes. And it was terse. That is the word I'm going to use to describe it. That's our SAT vocab word of the day. That, it, yeah, that's the only thing I can. It was it was insistent upon its Richieisms. Um, <laughs> it made sure you knew that it was a Guy Ritchie movie at all times. Um, well, this movie was insistent on its Yui Bolisms because <laughs> it was the most Yui Boliest movie I've ever seen, which is. Saying a lot because when I think of a Yui Bowl movie, I don't think of the budget that this thing had. No. And you could tell this thing had a budget. And then you can tell that halfway through the movie, they ran out of the budget. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> the, oh, first yeah. Thing, the first thing I want to say about this movie, and you two have, you know, tendrils. So maybe you can send your tendrils out and find me a shooting script for this. Because <laughs> I want to know what scenes were shot in what order. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. <laughs> because there, there are scenes in this movie 
where the life, the, the life in the eyes of the actors just is dead. They're yeah. dead. They One of tired. them was, there's a scene towards the beginning of the film where Statham and uh, Ron Perlman are having a, a picnic um, <laughs> with his child. Oh, and Ron Perlman. Give me the chicken. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but it was like, give me the chicken. I'm like, Ron Perlman has never underacted in his entire life. What is happening right now? Well, there was many moments where Ron Perlman was delivering his lines as if he was actually showing his disdain for being in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Ron yeah. Perlman, so he's a fiery guy, too. Have you ever seen like his social media posts? Like He like rants and raves into his phone. You know? <laughs> like, he, yeah. I could imagine he'd be, if he was displeased, you would find out pretty quick. <laughs> Like, but that's the first thing I thought. Like, first of all, I was sitting on the couch, Lacey sitting next to me, and she's like, is this movie two hours and 46 minutes long? I'm like, no, no. Usually when they're uploaded like this, they have to, like, get around YouTube, so they'll, like, do a movie and a half. So there's no way this is two hours and 46 minutes long. It but sure is. Yeah, boy, you... minutes in, And I'm like, what the hell? I am, I am in a prison. <laughs> I am in a, I am in a, I am in a prison of... That's inside of Ray Liotta's eyes right now. That's where I am. <laughs> the thing is, is that we survived the, the Snyder cut of Justice League, which is clocked in at four hours and two minutes. But even at four hours and two minutes, it did not feel as long as no. the two hours and 46 minutes of this film. No, did. This, this movie was tough to sit through in one go. It's it. Oh, man, you feel you feel the runtime. I don't remember being as bored i've only seen the theatrical cut and i remember the theatrical cut being paced a little bit better i think somebody must have taken some a better editor must have taken a a, a so, run at it i so think my, the best establishing shot in this whole film on what to expect is when we get our first shot of burt reynolds in this movie and the first thing we see him do is eye roll <laughs> so hunter you so roy you have only seen this director's version of this movie. That is correct. Yeah. Hunter, you're pretty well versed with the theatrical version of this film. I've seen it a couple times. You've probably seen it a few more times than I have. Oh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say <laughs> that. <laughs> what do you, what was the, what, what do you think was the difference between this movie and the theatrical cut? Was it, was it all the massive? Cause I don't remember the massive fight scenes, the massive, battle sequences being nearly as long as they were yeah they might have snipped those down i don't really remember i do remember thinking that the theatrical cut seemed a little more action-packed like there was maybe a little less stuff between uh battles and fights right but that's because, I mean, if you're going to cut stuff out, you know, cut out Lily Sobieski, you know, or something. <laughs> wow, what a useless character. Wow. <laughs> I was like, Just, why is she here? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I think that she had a – I think in the probably in the original script, she had a much bigger p part to play. Mm. And then once they got into the, the, the meat and potatoes of it, they're like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> like, It's kind of like uh, being in a Terrence Malick film where you're Adrian Brody and you tell everybody you're the main character in The Thin Red Line. And then you go to the theater and you find out you're not. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or you're Mickey Rourke and you go to the theater and you're not even in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roy, what you're the person who hasn't seen this. Yeah. 
talk. Let's hear it. What do you think? What's your What are your impressions? What are your Where'd you go with this? How'd you feel? Well, the things that stick out in my mind are not only Burt Reynolds' eye roll, uh, sure. which I thought was awesome. I applauded that. Um, slingshot orcs. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I saw th- when I saw they were about ready to shoot the orc with the slingshot, and then. The way you could tell that it was just hovering by strings about two inches off of the ground, flying into the crowd, um, that made me chuckle. Um, The other impression I was trying to figure out is whether or not Matthew Lillard was supposed to be gay or drunk. (laughs) Maybe both. (laughs) He was was a feat, I think, is is the word I would use. And I will say this, in the theatrical cut, and, and Hunter, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't get the... Do you get the duel in the theatrical cut? I don't remember that. I don't uh, think you get it. They just write him out. He's yeah. just gone. Yeah. Like, you don't get any... Like, I liked the character. I felt... I hated him more in the director's cut, definitely, than I did in the in the theatrical cut. Because in the theatrical cut, he was a useless... Um, you know, a useless or a useful idiot for a while. And then they just wrote him out. He just never came back. We don't so know what happened. You don't think that because I don't remember. I don't remember him getting his throat slit all of a sudden. I don't. No. I don't remember that. But I could be wrong. It could be in there. I need to go back and look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lillard is one of the most entertaining things in this movie. <laughs> Honestly, he was going for it. He, yeah. Yeah. He was just like, okay, you know what? Uh, he was. He was. He was in um, thirteen ghost mode, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. Overacting. Yeah, he, was, he he really goes for it. Yeah, yeah. This, this God, bless him for that because you know he was like I said in part one. He was he loves fantasy and 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 like high fantasy. So he this was his shot. He wasn't gonna miss it. Uh, and what one thing I loved about him? There's this scene that cracks me up where he's staring at these orcs and the orcs in this movie they move like putties from uh from Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Awesome. Like, they kind of flail around and hop around. And, and they make this... sounds like pigs looking for truffles. Yes. And so, like, you have these these orcs dancing around in front of Matthew Lillard, who's on a, perched on a horse. And these orcs are, like, dancing around making pig truffle noises. And it cuts to the orcs. And then it cuts back to Matthew, Matthew Lillard, like, making a face. And it cuts back to them, back to him making a face. <laughs> It does it like four times. I, like, I need this on a loop. <laughs> like you, you expect to hear the music from a mock time during the, the Kirk and Spock fight playing during that montage of stairs and dancing. Cause I was just like the, the, the first time it happened, I was, I kind of chuckled. And then, then when they repeated it about three or four times, I'm like, wow, this is some ultimate padding going on here. Yeah. And uh, another casting thing I have, you know, there are people who are born to be in fantasy movies. Uh, John Reese davies is one, oh. you know, like born to be in a fantasy movie. The guy, you know, when he was formed, God <laughs> said, you are going to be in fantasy movies. You're going to be in Indiana Jones. You're going to be in Lord of the Rings. You were born to do this. And then there's people who just don't work. And I think in fantasy movies, and I think Ray Liotta is no. definitely one of them. <laughs> no, no, oh I, I did want to mention John Reese davies though, because the thing I love about John Reese davies is he's going to give you 100 percent 
regardless of what project he's on. So whether it's Chupacabra's The High Seas or <laughs> this or Lord of the Rings or Indiana Jones, it's the same John Reese Davies yes. in every single in every single in every single iteration of him. And I he was watchable in this film, which is hard to say yeah. about the film. Yeah. And then but then Ray Liotta, you know, he just looks like he belongs in like a cop movie or something. I don't know. <laughs> The whole entire time I'm watching Ray Liotta in this movie, I was thinking, so Jeffrey Irons said yes to Dungeons and Dragons, but no to this. Yes, yes, yes. Where's, where's the warlock? Where's Julian Sands? Damn it. Oh, man. Oh, then the one moment where we're having the final battle between Jason Statham and Ray Liotta and then suddenly he is in Morpheus mode, not 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 you know, not only with the leather jacket obviously stolen from the Matrix, but then he does this high jump thing. And honestly, with the way that he does this high jump and he spread out and slowly falls, I'm waiting to hear it's raining men. <laughs> One thing about this movie that I don't either I didn't remember or there was a lot more in this than in the theatrical version was just the homage to hong kong wire work oh yeah that's the lots of it presence you know they kind of let uh tony ching choreograph it like he was doing another wuxia film out in uh, hong kong or something oh i'm thinking yui bowl told him to do that you're good with the string we're going to use the living hell out of it because jason statham like there are scenes where it's full-on like crouching tiger hidden dragon like like you know pointing and you know i'm walking on the air above the soldiers in the battle, you know? Hell, we even Anytime. have the forest nymphs that are coming out of oh, nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are basically the Ents from Lord of the Rings. They're, they they don't they want nothing to do with the world of men, but uh-oh, our forest might get burned down, so we're going to yeah, fight. Yeah, they're the elves of this group. But, like, there was there any time that the king's royal guard, which we know is Ching's, you know, personal stunt team that he travels yeah. with, was involved, it was straight-up wire work. They were running oh. on top of orc heads and flipping and, you know, just all of that. Like, I was like, there's a lot of wire work. This feels like I'm watching, like, a John Woo film. Yeah. But it's... But these these dudes have swords. Like, what is yes. happening right now? Yeah, yeah, it's a total medieval wuxia movie. <laughs> it was weird. Which is cool. That's actually that's something I give it points for. I like that. But uh, it does feel out of place. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, it um, does. All right, uh, I'll watch the damn movie. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Chris. No, no, Chris. I'm not gonna do this to you. It no. sounds like Huey Bowles presents. Well, well, hold on, hold on, because I do have a selling point for this for Chris, which would be Ray Liotta at all times in this film. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, okay, who told Ray Liotta anything? Nobody that, told him anything. <laughs> that he knew how to romantically kiss in a movie, because when that opening sequence with him and Lily Sobieski when he's kissing her. I was actually thinking he was sucking her life force yeah, out of yeah. her body. Well, you know why that is? It's because Ray doesn't have lips. <laughs> you know, just that her face just has to disappear inside his mouth, you know? And the other sad thing about this movie is every time I see Ray Liotta on screen and it's just the way that he's behaving and the way that he looks, 
my mind instantly goes to that moment in the B movie with Ray Liotta and the honey. And, I'm, and that's not a good movie to cut your mind to when you're seeing an actor in a film. And I even sent a photo to, um, to Hunter of <laughs> the computer animated version of him from the B movie. Because I'm like, this is the face he's making throughout this whole film. Anytime, yeah. anytime Ray Liotta gets animated, I always think, Karen! Why did you do that? That's all the money we had, Karen. <laughs> I was waiting for him to yell Karen in this film. Karen. <laughs> Frankly, like, like he was he was bringing Scorsese to Middle Earth in this film for sure. He didn't attempt like uh, Perlman sounds middle, you know, like like uh, high fantasy ish. His voice just yeah. gives you that. John Reese Davies, you, I'm pretty sure he orders from McDonald's in that voice. Yeah. Um, Statham sounds like Statham, which is fitting. You yeah. know, Burt Reynolds even put on airs of like of like you know high fantasy. Um, you know, Lily Sobieski, they all did except for Leota, who sounded like he just was coming out of yeah. a, a deli yeah. in Bronx the whole time. No, I- I was literally was waiting for the camera to freeze and for him to go as far back as I could remember. <laughs> I always wanted to be a warlock. The, helico- always- the helicopters are chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need some like George Harrison and uh, and uh, uh, Harry Nilsson playing. You know, <laughs> that would have been the end. He makes it out. He he bamps himself out of the out of the uh, out of the uh, castle and he's riding off on a horse and you get that image. From, of him from above. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, not to say that you know real life cocaine didn't play a part in this movie because I'm not ruling that out. Well, um, you could you could say this movie is part of the Goodfellas extended universe because this is what <laughs> this is what Henry Hill was seeing when he was high. <laughs> <laughs> like he was taking control of orc warriors. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot, honestly forgot how cribbed this was from Lord of the Rings until I watched it again. And I was just like, holy cow, this thing, there are like the, the, the Mordor analogy, the, you know, the orcs, the, um, you know, the writers, the, the writers of Rohan. I do love the scene where, um, Lillard brings the armies of the North to the orcs. Yeah. That's yeah. a good scene. Oh, That's great. a good scene. Um, so, do we think Uwe Boll is the only director Burt Reynolds didn't punch? I think the only reason why Burt Reynolds didn't punch him is because he was so exhausted in those costumes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, those costumes look like they added like 70 to 80 pounds to his body. I think and that Uwe Boll is the only director. As Yeah. As Period. He's the only there are director. no other directors. And... But Bert, did you guys ever see any later like films he made just before he died? Um, no, I haven't c- seen any of them. No. There, there's one you should watch called The Last Movie Star, um, okay. and it's basically just it's by the director of uh, Detroit Rock City, and okay. it's it is a love letter to Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is playing himself, basically a version of himself. He's kind of a washed up actor. But I was when I watched it, I watched it just before Burt died and it came out pretty close to like just a year before he passed away. And um, Burt walks. I noticed his walk was very unusual. And I was thinking, 
why does he walk like that? And uh, the director said, Bert, that's how Bert walks because of years of doing stunt work, playing football. He goes, he's, he's in constant pain. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And uh, but it, it's a good it's a good movie that just is sort of like a it's it was a good movie for Bert. It's not the last thing he was in, but it it was a good one for him to go out on because, you know, he hadn't really done anything in a while that was right. worth watching. I will um, say one good thing about this movie was that while I was watching it and I'm watching Burt Reynolds performance in this film, it made me realize, you know what? I don't own Boogie Nights yet. So I went on yeah. Amazon and bought Boogie Nights, <laughs> which, uh, which I, rumor has that he did punch Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I do want to say this. We are we're dragging this movie pretty hard. I'm not going to say it's infinitely watchable and it is really really long. But yes. it was it, it was as far as the movies we've reviewed, it was watchable. It yeah. was you know? watchable. You just have to like just really 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 get through it. I would say watch it in sittings. Yeah. Um but I mean, it did have its moments. I, Matthew Lillard's acting choices are very, are interesting enough to watch. Uh, yeah. So are Ray Liotta's. Um, the Burt Reynolds death scene, the the most anticlimactic death scene I've ever it seen really in is. cinema, uh, <laughs> is worth seeing. And also, <laughs> I do love the fact that finding out you're the prince means you can fight. You yes. know, I was waiting yeah. for the reveal, like, they call him Farmer, he has another name, you know, before they called, there was a scene that I think was cut out of the theatrical version that's in this one, where um, his wife is writing, by the way, I will give you, Yuva Vol and whoever created this movie props, because it is a rare thing in a movie that you see the kid die. Yeah, yeah, it's it. You see that in John Carpenter movies and Robert Rodriguez movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some the reason, kid, John Carpenter loves to kill kids in movies. So. Yeah, <laughs> like John like, Carpenter. Yeah. It just as easily could have been the wife dies and the kids held hostage and he has to go get the kid. No, they killed the kid. And I was like, oh, I forgot that they killed the kid. Yeah. He's a really happy. I remember that shocked me the first time I saw it because. Uh, you know, and he's a really happy-go-lucky kid too. He almost feels like he doesn't belong in a fantasy thing. He seems way too happy, but right. um, but but they they yeah they kill him off, and uh, I remember going oh wow, but I Uwe also, Ball have also to loves the, the fact that Yui Bowl told the mother, the woman who played the mother of the kid to react to the kid's death like she is uh, having an abortion and having sex at the same time. <laughs> it's because- horrible. It's the way horrible. she's just like ah! i'm just like at one point it gets was, orgasmic and then at another point it sounds painful and i'm like what the hell's going on but she's this, in a she, she that particular scene was directed by lars von trier <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. just but that one scene didn't claire forlani play the mom yeah I yeah think. yeah the T.S.'s girlfriend from Mallrats. Yes, yes. And I was like, where do I know her from? And I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's where I know her from. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there was a scene where she was riding out with the kid when they when when they went to town, I guess, is where they went um, to visit to visit what looks like the love child of Ryan Reynolds and John Cena. But in a fantasy movie, her uncle or her brother, yeah. the uncle, Um and uh, she's she has she's having a conversation about how he's just called farmer, and you know I was expecting in there like 
but he had another name after Farmer, Soldier. Like, how does he fight the way he does? Like, apparently just being the prince means that you can just wail yeah. on things. Wait, I'm loyal? I'm royalty? Yeah. That's how he keeps his head so shaven, too. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, there was some perfectly coiffed hair for it being, you know, the time period that it was in this film. I was like, wow, who's their barber? Because... <laughs> There's some great hairdos. I mean, <laughs> well, Ray Liotta just came from Studio 51. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. He was he was Vidal Sassooing throughout this whole thing. So what do we think? Are we going to are we going to recommend this film? I I uh, give it a light recommendation. If I, if, I'd say watch the theatrical cut if you're going to watch. <laughs> yeah. 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 If, if you're really, really a masochist, then go for the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. but uh, one thing one thing I wanted to point out too, real quick, Farmer and Roy, <laughs> is that you said this movie like it feels like they run out of money. You can always tell a fantasy movie is low budget when it's shot entirely in the woods. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when you know we don't want to spend a lot of money, and there there's a period in this there's a long stretch in this movie where it suddenly becomes a forest film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's an hour and a half in the middle where they are in a forest. <laughs> That's yeah. it. They saved all the money for those incredible CGI shots and Ray Liotta's war, uh, wardrobe. I mean, that's what they did. <laughs> Listen, he had to go to Wilson's leather and get specially fitted for that weird <laughs> high, high collar trench coat that he was wearing. And, and that uh, satin ascot that he was wearing at one point. God. Just had more costume changes than Queen Alvadala. <laughs> I'd say as far as Uva Bull films go, there's there's three you gotta watch. Okay. House of the Dead. Okay. Because yep. it's so entertainingly awful. And then there's uh, Postal because it's the most Uva Bull thing out there. Like yeah. it's just him embracing his meme status. And and then this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because this right. is him on a budget. So yeah, this is, this his is biggest what happens thing. when you give him a budget. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think those are that's a good solid trilogy of Uva Bowl movies. Um, I did I, hear people recommend Tunnel Rats and say that it was actually a legitimately good movie, but I've never investigated further. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> or report back one of the two. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say the theatrical cut. If you can get your hands on it, watch the theatrical cut. It's honestly, you know, for for listeners of this show, it's worth it for Ray Liotta. It's worth it to watch Ray Liotta be like I watch a lot of B movies, like a lot of direct to video movies. And the thing I love about Ray Liotta at all times is he doesn't play a character like he plays Ray Liotta. He doesn't assume a role. He's, yeah, even in Hannibal, he was Ray Liotta. Right. There was one, and I can't remember which one it was. It was a director, and he was in a golf cart. And I don't even know if they told him they were shooting. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he was just babbling on, uh, I guess it was from a script, and then just the golf cart, it was on him for like, you know, you saw the golf cart drive up, there was about a two and a half minute dialogue, and then the golf cart drove away, and I don't know if they told him they were shooting it. Like, it's that Ray Liotta. So that's, I love, I, I will always love Ray Liotta for that reason. Um it's you know, Ray Liotta. If you ever saw Muppets from Space, it's that mode that Ray Liotta is in in this film, where that one moment where after he gets seduced by Miss Piggy Spray, 
and he's communicating with uh, Animal, and Animal goes bye bye, and he responds back by going bye bye. That's the mode. I mean, the thing, I think, if I'm going to say what's the most jarring thing about this film, it's that you can almost draw a line, like like picking for gym class, between people who were giving it everything they had to be to make this movie good, and then people like Ray Liotta. Because you had guys that we haven't talked about, like Brian White, and we talked briefly about Will Sanderson, who were, Brian White was going for it. Like, he was the, he was uh, uh, Commander Tarsh. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was acting. He yeah. was acting. <laughs> he yeah, was, he was he, when he slit uh, Matthew Lillard's throat, I felt it. <laughs> yeah, like he was trying to lead an army. <laughs> he was acting. And uh every, and everyone else is just kind of there. So mm. but I would suggest the the theatrical cut, yeah, for sure. Yes. Definitely. Roy, and, do you wanna what's that, Hunter? Oh, and I was just gonna say too. The Citizen Kane of Ray Liotta movies, not Goodfellas. It's not even a movie. It's Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> I didn't know he did voice work in that. Yeah, he was the main character. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That, yeah that that. That's one of the reasons that, to play Vice City is because you're basically controlling Ray Liotta in the, in yeah. the game. It, and uh, that game, that was when they started going, hey, let's try to get, uh, like, let's try to get celebrities to do voices because that game had like Dennis Hopper mm-hmm. it had all these, it had all these big names in it. Uh, like, uh, Oh, uh, Danny Dyer. It had a uh, Danny Trejo. Oh, Burt Reynolds was in it. Yep. And, uh, Gary Busey, uh, William Fickner, <laughs> you know, like they just, they had all of these people, but, uh, is, is that it, game how this movie happened? Is that <laughs> how the casting happened? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Can we blame that game for this movie? I think we can. I think okay, that's good. Bet. We landed. We landed on it. We got there, guys. It took us a while, but we figured it out. <laughs> well, normally this is where I would reveal to uh, Mr. Farmer what the next project is going to be. But I'm actually going to save it for our episode on jujitsu. So, good. so, good, so. Then. So Fine. far, so so Farmer now has to wait for a little bit more in suspense. Uh, the month of August, we're going to go big, though. I will let you know because we're going to attempt to do three episodes oh, in um, August. We're, one of the episodes, since we've been around now for three years, we're going to revisit all the movies that we've watched right. and rank our top five favorites and the top five films we never ever ever want to see again. <laughs> um, I think we need to make a ground rule, though, and automatically exclude Dot and the Kangaroo from that list because we've okay. talked ad nauseum about, <laughs> about how, how bad it is. Anything to do with Dot yeah. and the Kangaroo ever again? Yeah, I'm with that. We can we can we can excise that from uh, from our work from the, yeah from the work. <clears throat> so. Uh, so that is going to be one of the three episodes. If you want to find out what the other two films are, there actually no, I'm going to flat out give you a teaser. They're not films that we're doing. Oh man! Uh, if you want to know more, then tune into our jujitsu episode. We're finally doing Small Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. Thank you very much, and Hunter, thank you for joining us on this journey as well. You got anything to plug, Hunter? Uh, visit my podcast, Midnight Movie Cowboys. It's fantastic. Yes. 
that's about it. Alrighty, and Hunter Action will be right back with us on the jujitsu episode episode uh, as well, because God, we got to discuss that thing too. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> so, all right, guys, talk to you later. Bye bye.